0: Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at CopyChief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome back to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kev here. My man Henry Bingaman is with us for his second appearance his previous episode about the seven stories that every seven every sales letter needs one of our most popular actually a two-parter and so Henry man thanks for coming back and sharing more of your hard-won wisdom with us Yeah man I'm happy to be here cuz you I mean you're a guy really in the trenches I know you've been a dedicated and passionate copywriter for many many years but you know in the last what five six years you've been just knocking it out of the park you know first with money map press over there at agora where you know you've had 12 million dollar controls i think your total is probably over a 100 million now in in you know dollars generated from your copy
1: i keep track it's well i was keeping track for a little while that's just over a 100 million yeah Um, wow it's kind of a fun number to hit I say yes.
0: <laughs> Does, is there a parade? There should be a parade when that happens.
1: There's a parade in my house every time a new promo or every time a new royalty check comes in. But <laughs> it's kind of a private ordeal. So. So it's just
0: you. It's just you in your pajamas going around banging pans around the house. Oh, the dog
1: follows me. He's really into it.
0: <laughs> so you're now the creative director over at Natural Health Sherpa. Congratulations on that.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: I know that was a big, big move for you and lots of exciting stuff planned over there. And today we're going to talk about visual language, which is so key right now in copywriting and going forward because everything is visual, everything is video, and it's always been important to write visually as a copywriter, but never more important than now.
1: Yeah, it's really one of the things, so people kind of take for granted, one of the things I do a lot of is video copywriting. People take for granted that they're going to just be able to show the image instead of kind of describe it, but the language still has to be just as visual, even though there's extra extra layers of it on the screen. You're just giving more context. But if your language itself isn't visual, you're going to lose people, a lot of people anyway, just on what they're hearing, because some people aren't that visual, so they're they're more listening. So you really, I mean, you have to have, the writing has to be as visual no, no matter it has to be very visual no matter what the medium really
0: yeah yeah and so you know what exactly is visual language it's obviously the sight smell sounds it's something that engages all the senses yeah
1: yeah so i i use this term visual language i actually looked it up right before this call because i'd be like well i better make sure it's actually a real term <laughs> so apparently i'm stealing it from archaeologists it's like hieroglyphics mm. but when i'm talking about visual language and when i've been talking about it for the last couple of years i'm really talking about I mean, the literary term is imagery, right? So it's just like you said, the sights, smells, sounds, just putting the reader, having the scene play out in their mind as they're reading or listening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, it's action, right? So it, it's it's yeah. it's the scene playing out in their head. It's, it's action happening in the copy.
0: Yeah. You know, what's great, you see this in, like, if you think of a, a movie script, if I, I love reading, like, slug lines in action descriptions, you know? But it's it's sort of really kind of black and white because they're just trying not to use up a ton of space. But you can feel the momentum if a writer really gets into those descriptions. And here it's a little different because you, you want to get across that same thing. But it's almost more like in a sense like a children's book where you want to just really bring the images to life in the reader's mind. Like you said – even if they, they could just be listening, like look like in the days of the VSL, it's not unlikely that somebody's not going to sit in front of the screen and, and watch exactly what's going on. They might just listen to it in the background. And so the more you can take them off in a fantasy land, the better.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I don't think I've ever sat and watched. I mean, except for my, my own stuff. When it's just words on screen, I'm always on another tabs going around. Yeah. Uh, if you want to pull me in, it really has to be. I'm an auditory learner anyway, so that's kind of my preferred medium. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the language definitely has to be there. But, again, it's every medium. Reading, it has to be the same, obviously. And video, you can't take it for granted. I think a lot of people do.
0: Yeah, and you you work with a lot of new writers, younger writers. You're always looking for the next great copywriters, people you could work with in chief over there at Natural Health Sherpa. What what do you see? What kind of – how well do you see this being done? Is, is this a more appreciated art? or is it a kind of a dying art?
1: Well, it's definitely not a dying art. I think so the first thing you hear in any writing class is show don't tell, right? So everybody mm-hmm. has this this basic idea that I should be using this this visual language. But I think a lot of people don't really think about why they're using it, so they don't use it strategically. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to tell some things in copy, right? There's exposition and then there's action. So if you don't use the exposition, you're just you're not going to get the right facts through. You can't get all the facts in just by showing. You have to sometimes lay out the, you know, the formula if it's a a financial promo, or the actual mechanism of action if it's a health promo, right?
0: Mm-hmm, right.
1: But if, if you're not asking why am I using this, you're gonna use it wrong. So I actually just got, today, this copywriter contacted me on LinkedIn, sent me a couple samples. He's a really good writer, and I really liked it. He told this great story at the beginning of one of these uh, promos about these sailors getting stuck in the first trip to Antarctica. And all the, he included these great details and like what they were surviving on and mm-hmm. how long it took them to get there. And their mustaches were icing, like ice crystals were forming as soon as they stepped outside. Mm. So it was like really great visual imagery, but it didn't tie into the promo <laughs> at the end of it. Mm. It was like, oh, and then there was this one thing under the ship that they discovered 100 years later. You're like, well, <laughs> he, never came, he never came back to it. And I mean, it was a really good story. It was good writing. I was impressed with it. But he didn't think of the why am I using this imagery. So you, really what you need to be doing with, with imagery, with the visual language, is, is demonstrating, basically locking the, the lessons that you're using the exposition for into
0: the reader's brain, right? It's a way of, to help them retain the information. Mm, yeah, right. So that's a great distinction that we need to think of this as a persuasion tool as much as we are a writing tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, two, two ways to use it, really. One is to suck the reader in because boring copy is the death mm-hmm. of any promo, so, you know, you can use it in leads, which is something I like to do or to really demonstrate a fact, you know, copies really just teaching, right? Yeah. So you're trying to teach somebody something. So you have to make the lesson stick. You have to increase the understanding and the retention of that. So I remember, you know, one of the things I tell people, it's like all good teachers use exposition to deliver facts, right? So like a physics teacher has to give you the formula. A uh, English teacher has to tell you to read whatever the play, the, the book. But good teachers use the examples to kind of make those stick. And great teachers really provide the experience to lock that in. And in copy the only way you can provide experience is through this visual language.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I remember, like, in I had one great teacher who had a fantastic flair, and he he, he was a little too into Hitler. You know, and he wasn't <laughs> it wasn't weird like he didn't have the haircut and the <laughs> and the mustache, but he was really obsessed with Hitler. But he got me fascinated with Hitler because he told things so vividly right and that's huge i think everybody if they think back to their favorite teachers that probably use these visual learning visual language tactics whether knowingly or unknowingly
1: or the experience of it right like Mm -hmm. so my ninth grade english teacher mrs Corenda, we actually you know we didn't just read romeo and juliet we acted it out as a class Mm -hmm. so the lessons really stick that way you know in physics classes you get to actually do experiments you get to play with chemicals and, and that's much You know, you're going to remember when you actually do something because you've experienced it. Yeah. And it's much better than just, you know, you can't memorize a formula and expect that to
0: stick. Right. It's immersive. It's got to be immersive. All right. So let's talk about let's get into some nitty gritty because I get you're a great teacher yourself, Henry. So let's talk about how to use visual language. Well, I mean, it's really about combining very emotional, like emotionally packed words
1: with the specifics. Like that's how I think the lessons click. So it's not just giving a formula, it's it's demonstrating it. Well, we could actually get into some examples in a little bit. I think that'll make that yeah. lock in a little more. Some good, good bad versions. Yeah, well, actually, first, I mean, I don't want people to get hung up on this too early in the copy process, right? A first draft is a first draft. You can yeah. just tell, just lay out the facts and then go back and edit later. It's You can put this stuff in. It doesn't have to come out great, as you're going to see in some of these examples. The first drafts are like... You're like, eh, all right, kind of some interesting, interesting information, but you don't, it doesn't lock in, but then you can really punch it up in later drafts. You know, I don't actually think I'm a very good writer on the first draft. I'm actually compared to some other people. I'm pretty bad. Like last year, this time I did a, I spoke at Clayton make pieces event mm-hmm. and I actually did. I, the presentation went great cause I had a lot of time to prep that and I did the rewriting, but then we get up on the stage and do these hot seats and people are sending up copy, We <laughs> put it up on the projector. And I'm sitting between David Deutsch and Clayton Makebees. <laughs> and these guys are just coming up with like, you know, Clayton can just land these emotional blows just off the top of his head. And David has that wit, you know him, he he can yeah. really nail it. And I'm sitting there like, well, I know something's wrong with this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but give me three drafts till I get the sentence right. But I mean, you know, I've still, like I said, we've done $100 million in sales off my copy. So it's, it's the right. rewriting process that makes this really all walk in.
0: Yeah, that's a great point that every writer has to find their their pattern their right. And your strength was one of my weaknesses that I had a really hard time getting that first draft out without editing as I went. And I think it's a it's a skill just in itself to get that kind of dirty first draft. Just uh, dude, I I mean it. I'm the same
1: I'm really the same way. I mm. I just develop systems around how to not do that, which yeah. we can get into. And you know, maybe we will come back on we'll do another one later. But you know, I outline the whole promo and then just fill in the facts first. Mm-hmm. You just get to block it out that way, which
0: is actually using the seven stories framework. So go back and listen to that episode. That's right. I'll link it. I'll link that episode in this the show notes to this episode because it's a great one. All right. Let's 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 check out some of these examples. And again, we'll, maybe we can link to these documents. It, certainly in CopyChief, we'll do that. Maybe we'll do it on the show notes page as well. But, yeah, we
1: can throw up a thread in CopyChief, definitely. I, I think, I mean, some of these, it, it might help. It'll definitely help people if they have it in front of them. So we should, we should probably throw this document the one the examples up in the
0: show notes okay we'll do that but let's just i mean i've read through a few of these and it's it's night and day and so and again a lot of this is because we're in such an audio visual medium right now for marketing that it'd be very effective just to talk them through so let's go through some of the before and afters henry
1: yeah i think one of the the promo we talked about i think a little bit in the last episode was the uh neural imprinting one so i figured i'd I'd actually go back and pull the old initial lead I wrote for that and then show uh, how it changed. So you want me to read that one through? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. When First Lieutenant Scott Jackson first arrived at the Institute of Surgical Research at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas, no one thought he'd ever be able to return to a normal life. In Afghanistan, the Lieutenant's Humvee had rolled over over an IED that had been buried under the dusty road. The explosion engulfed the vehicle in flames. And while he was able to escape, 30% of his body had been covered with third degree burns. During his long transfer from the base in Kandahar through Germany and eventually to San Antonio, Lieutenant Jackson had suffered nearly unbearable pain. Morphine was useless. The pain had so enveloped his body that even in his dreams, he was in agony. But in Texas, doctors had begun testing an experimental new treatment. So that's the old version. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of passive language in there, which is, you know, sometimes you're just in the flow. You're just trying to get stuff out. Mm -hmm. It comes out that way. When I'm rewriting, I'm thinking, all right, what's this, what's the scene running through their heads in each of these little paragraphs? How can I make that, how can I put that person there? How can I put them next to him in the Humvee? Can I make this emotionally hit more? Yeah. Sorry, I got phlegm for some reason. Podcast phlegm. It happens, man. (laughs) I busted out the old microphone so you could hear me better. I think it was covered in dust.
0: That's what it was.
1: Now that I've distracted from that, (laughs) here, I'll read the uh, updated one. Okay, great. And this, again, this promo did 12 million, I think, in, in sales, maybe 14. I've, I haven't, you know, I'm out of Money Morning at this point, so I don't have the updated sales, but they're still running it. it so.
0: And this is, the, this is the opening of the letter?
1: Yes, this yeah. is the It was actually a video, so keep that in mind. We actually yeah. had visual elements to go along with this, mm-hmm. but it still has to be visual on its own. Okay, great. So here's the update. While on patrol on the outskirts of Kandahar, Afghanistan, First Lieutenant Scott Jackson's Humvee rolled over an IED buried under the dusty road. The explosion transformed his vehicle into a twisted inferno. And while he heroically escaped the wreckage, 30 percent of his body was covered with life-threatening third-degree burns. First Lieutenant Jackson's injuries were so severe, he was immediately air-vac to a burn specialization unit in Germany. But the doctors were unable to effectively treat him. Morphine was useless. The agony had so enveloped his body that even in his sleep he dreamt of being on fire. Out of desperation, he was sent to the Institute of Surgical Research at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. Here, doctors had begun testing an experimental new treatment.
0: Mm. So that's the updated version. Wow. That's that's it's a, a huge difference and cuz the first one was pretty darn good, I got to say. I was I was intrigued. I was seeing a lot of it happen, but the second version thing I noticed the most is the stakes are so much higher.
1: Yeah, and that's really one of the things I go to. <laughs> Back in, I have a whole promo development form that we score what the stakes are in each scene. Mm. So it's one of the things that I'm always trying to crank it up. But you crank it up through this visual language, right? Put yeah. the, the reader there in his shoes. So you're on patrol with him outside, you know, Kandahar, Afghanistan. There's that IED buried under the dusty road. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just escaping... He heroically escaped and his when his vehicle, you know, wasn't just engulfed in flames, it was transformed into a twisted inferno. Yeah. So they're all they're it's, it's all little tweaks. And actually the second version is two words shorter than the first version. Wow. So I mean you're you're not changing the length of this much, although in some of the examples
0: you do, but this is just it, it's just the power of of the the visuals that you mm-hmm. get in there. So, so you're you're thinking about how high are the stakes to make sure the drama is intact, the tension is 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 palpable, but then it's about okay, and how can I describe this in a way that makes it more dramatic and brings the reader into the scene?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere you see uh, like the word "had" or "was," go in and see if you can find a better way of saying it, right? Because mm-hmm. those are just kind of passive, weak words. So, you know, I said he was in agony. In the original, and then in, in the updated, it was he. Drew, even in his sleep, he dreamt of being on fire. So it's, it's that specific, right? Because wow. he was dreaming. Yeah. So this was actually from an article about this guy. You know, the I was almost copying the article when it said even in his dreams he was in agony. He, he had nightmares of being on fire. Hmm. So I mean, you just Gotta you take that it. and punch yeah. it up, right? Right, right. But yeah. the dreaming of being on fire is something that you can imagine. Yeah, that's really great. Wow, really cool. So I mean that's a, that's an example of, of using
0: imagery to draw somebody into a story. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Okay, and then you've got some other before and afters.
1: Yeah, so I'll do a real short one. This is from a promo that just came out. Actually, my first big promo launch with Natural Health Sherpa. So I've only been there since January, so getting caught up, tweaking other things, getting systems place. This is the first one that I got to do. The first version of this you're going to see is. Just for some context, I'm going to talk about, it's it's a weight loss promo. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's for a supplement that actually, it's not a weight loss supplement, but it's a metabolism enhancing supplement. So most people actually have a problem with their fat cells where they they have too much insulin, too much cortisol, can't release any fat. So that's just the context for what I'm talking about. But I was talking about, you know, this is an example of how to use it to really lock in that lesson of, uh, to, to give people an understanding of what's happening as opposed to just telling them what's happening. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. So, just a real short paragraph. This is about cortisol uh, when it's mixed with insulin. So, instead of breaking down the fat inside the cell, cortisol ends up damaging the outside of the cell wall, including the insulin receptor. So, that's the first. That's just pure information, right? Yeah. I'm telling you what happens when you have insulin mixed with, or cortisol mixed with insulin. Cortisol is a stress hormone, if I didn't say that. Yeah. So, here is the updated version. So, instead of slipping harmlessly into cell and going to work on the soft fat deposits, the cortisol attacks the outside of your fat cells like a jackhammer trying to split apart a sidewalk. It even hacks away at the insulin receptor, clogging the only escape route for the fat trapped inside Wow
0: <laughs> that's a big difference, dude
1: yeah, so you're just you know draw the actual picture of what's happening and then dramatize it
0: yeah the the jackhammer trying to split apart a sidewalk the metaphor there is is so huge. And metaphors in themselves, I, I think, are, are, are critical, but a little bit overused as it's like, a, oh, I need to get something visual in here. This is a great way, a great example of, you know, use them when it's going to matter most.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be picky, but technically analogy,
0: right? Analogy, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can overuse analogies, but uh, honestly, I'd put more in and then take them out later. One of the things give, to be able to give somebody a picture of what's going on, they have to relate it to something. So, especially in something like, you know, Natural Health Sherpa, we're super obsessed with metabolism. Everything in our company comes back to how do we optimize your metabolism because it, it, it's the root of all your health. It's not just weight loss, it's everything. Right. Heart disease, you know, everything comes back to metabolism, which is just how well your body's producing energy. But they're super complicated systems. So, we end up using a lot of analogies just to get the because people need to be able to relate to it right so you're right it can get tacky so you You don't want
0: to be tacky (laughs) well and then i think yeah at a certain point people they get overloaded with it right it's like well
1: if you mix meta if you yeah mix now i'm using metaphors if you mix them up too much you're putting too many ideas out there
0: right right and it's just yeah and so i like the idea though of go heavy and then start to feel them out because it is kind of an instinct thing right and you don't know you have too many until it's uh, until you do (laughs) so right
1: well this is you know one of the things that I I always do when I'm finished a promo is have someone else read it to me preferably another you know really good copywriter yeah because you're going to hear things and they're going to catch things that you didn't hear and then you can instantly fix them I mean it's one of the the tricks to polishing a draft like that if it really matters you know just pay somebody else to go through it with you
0: yeah and do you get through the whole one or do you stop along the way if, if you hear something off you just sit there and kind of make notes of it or do you stop and go so typically what I
1: do is determine a block usually like two pages a copy mm. and we'll go through it and I'm just using my highlighter as we go yeah and catching things and then we go back and fix
0: everything on the way kind of like a, a table read for a, a script or a yeah, it's replay. Totally,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely the table read mm-hmm. and I think a lot of copywriters don't do it like I think a lot of copywriters don't even read the thing out loud to themselves, which is yeah. absolutely critical. Yeah. Because you, you'll catch a lot of this stuff on your own.
0: Totally. Especially if it's a VSL script. You have to do that. Oh, yeah. Several times.
1: It, it's amazing when I get, you know, I've got VSL scripts that from good copywriters, like people that have been in the industry for like 20
0: years that you just can't read because <laughs> they didn't take the time. Right, You're tripping over it's, words. It, it, clearly, if they'd have read it out loud, they would have never left that word combination intact. Exactly, it's yeah.
1: one of those things that, you know, I think I, some. It's, it's usually the old, older school guys that have written direct mail forever. It's just a different style and they're not used to it. Right, right. But it's just critical and, and you'll you'll find places to put in, in words, in the imagery, I mean. Yeah,
0: all right, great, we have one more example.
1: Yeah, so this is actually not one I wrote, but I edited. So this is from a new copywriter we're working with, who's, you know, she's actually really good. Uh, But this, she just didn't ease into it. So this was her first draft. So, you know, it's all right, you can do this on the first draft. Mm -hmm. But it's just all fact. So here's what uh, she originally wrote. Recently, a group of researchers from the UK analyzed the weight weight loss results from three clinical trials. In these trials, participants were given regular doses of an acid compound naturally found in coffee beans. And the results were beyond impressive. The group using this acid compound lost an average of 174% more weight than the placebo group. So you're like, all right, there's some good information in there, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is at the very beginning of, uh, it was an email promoting one of our products. You just need to ease into it a little more, I think, build a little more personality, get a little intrigue. Mm -hmm. So here was my rewrite or edit. We've all watched friends and family go to extremes to lose a few pounds. Juice cleanses, ice baths, week-long fasts, people can get a little carried away. But even the most desperate dieter would would think twice if you told them drinking acid could help them drop a pant size or two. Turns out it might be the best advice you could give them. Of course, I'm not talking about slurping down battery acid or anything corrosive like that. <laughs> and then from there, it goes into hmm. what we're actually talking about. Yeah. But it, you, know, you use visual, visuals like that. So, you know, we've seen... <laughs> You ever seen somebody? You can picture an ice bath. You've probably right. done a juice cleanse. Like everybody's done one, trying these week-long fasts. Just the misery you can picture there. Right. And then drinking acid is such a good—I think—a good visual. And it, I mean, it was more or less her idea, but it just—it it needed a little more romancing into it.
0: A little foreplay, I guess you could say. Right. And and I like the idea of talking about like declaring what it is, but then saying, "Of course, we're not talking about this." Because it's conversational, it's how, it's how it would go back and forth if, if a friend was describing it to another friend.
1: Well, right. And you just, you made it you know, like intentionally provocative statement. Yeah. You know, drinking acid. Right. So you have to go, you know, turns out it could be good advice. Now you have to discount the negatives.
0: Right. Compared to the original, again, not, we're not picking, it's just the process. But in these trials, participants were given regular doses of an acid compound naturally. It's just, it's, I guess that's pure information and you it it sort of requires you to be into this passionate about learning this stuff and almost have a scientific brain to follow it whereas yours is it's literally like you could read it to a child and they'd be interested
1: i hope so but yeah it's again it's coming back to when do i use imagery and why do i use it so in her first one the question you ask is you know what am i seeing when i read this Mm -hmm. especially if it's the first thing you're coming in Is it, you know, you can come in with just an intrigue, a relate to them question. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, if you tried to lose weight for the past five years, but have failed every time, that's okay sometimes. But the just giving them a picture that they relate to that instantly ties into something that they probably want, which is to lose weight, you're going to suck them in much, I don't know, more gently, Mm -hmm. uh, more persuasively. They're more open to hearing what you have to say because you're just telling them a story at this point.
0: Yeah, you didn't put up a big warning. You know, this is about you losing weight, right? It's it's more, much more casually framed. We've all watched friends and family go to extremes to lose a few pounds. It's, it's in a context that you said there's a lot more going on than just the idea that I'd like to lose weight. So fantastic. I mean, these are great examples, dude. And yeah, so we'll put these up on the show notes page so people can see them. And fantastic. Any closing thoughts on visual language? No,
1: I mean, you know, it's one of the things we really emphasize at Natural Health Sherpa. So anybody listening, if you want to see more of it, just get on our email list. Just go to com. You can opt in. And again, I'm always looking for good copywriters. Yes. It's anybody that, that thinks they can do this. And, you know, just really, when you're when you're doing this, just think about what do I see when I write this, and if you want to include imagery, why am I including it that'll it'll take you so far just yeah. asking questions about what you're writing
0: and and do you is there any particular authors like even fiction you read who just inspire you for how they write visually?
1: oh man, I mean if you actually want to see good visual action writing read the cheap thriller books like the James Patterson's David balddockies's yeah those guys write super short sentences and they pack it with so much punch mm-hmm. and it's like written at like a third grade level so anybody can read it yeah and they're just so talented that's what means they, they you know make so much money selling those ten dollar books it's amazing
0: yeah yeah because they' are Right, it's because and,
1: they're just creating those images. You can't – you picturing every scene in that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing.
0: It really is a great, great lesson. But really,
1: if you're reading those things, pay attention to how they use the exposition, where they drop the facts because it's a really cool lesson. They drop it in conversational things. They'll you know find this note and read it, read parts of it. They're dropping these little hints for later on when they lock that in
0: with the visuals. Hmm. Yeah, great. Those are really fun to get the audio versions too. Yeah. Especially when great actors read them. All right, Henry Bingaman, man, thank you so much. This is another great one. I think this is going to be one of the most popular episodes alongside your other one about the seven stories. Of course, we'll link that in the show notes at copychief.com forward slash CCR. And highly recommend what Henry said. Get on the the list there at naturalhealthsherpa.com and just see these emails, see this practice in practice all just about every day. And if you're a copywriter and you'd like to work with a guy like Henry, who you've seen now directly what he can do to a piece of copy and how much you'd learn by having someone like Henry chief your copy, then you can apply. Put yourself out there and send Henry some samples. Like you said, they're always looking for really talented copywriters to work with. So, Henry, what's the best way for them to do that if, if that's something they want to try? Well, for?
1: just to have a little bit of a screening process. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of only working with people that I either are referred to me or are inside Copy Chief right now. Not to be a blatant pitch for you, but it is a filtering process for people that are at least taking the craft seriously. So DM me inside Copy Chief or have someone you know recommend <laughs> that yeah. I know recommend you.
0: Yeah, perfect. You sure you don't just want to read through samples all day? <laughs> <laughs> all the beginners out there. Okay. Great stuff, Henry. Appreciate it, man. We'll do it again soon. All right, dude. Get done. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to CopyChief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. CopyChief.com.